0: 10 months ago, President Joe Biden won the 2020 presidential election and took home Arizona's 11 electoral votes. But reporting on the election and its aftermath has not let up for reporters at the Arizona Republic. Every day since the Arizona Ballot Review began many months ago, reporters have attended a daily meeting to unpack the news of the day surrounding the GOP-led Senate ballot review. All right, good morning, everybody. Um, How about if
1: we go around now and um, start with uh, with you, Mary Jo.
0: That review of 2.1 million ballots in Maricopa County concluded Friday.
2: That's when Cyber Ninjas, the Florida company that oversaw the review for the Senate, finally sat down in front of Senate President Karen Fan to present their findings of the ballot review.
3: So I ask that you please keep an open mind. I please ask that you listen to this because the reality of this is what this is all about, is making sure your vote counts.
2: The hotly contested review that was months long culminated into a three hour long presentation.
0: Welcome to The Gaggle, an AZ Central podcast where we chat with reporters, experts, and special guests to keep you fully informed on the state's political news. I'm your host, Yvonne Winget Sanchez. I cover national politics for the Arizona Republic.
2: And I'm Ron Hansen, also a national reporter for the Republic.
0: In today's bonus episode, we're talking about what the ballot review means moving forward. A team of Arizona Republic reporters spent the weekend absorbing the ballot review results and tracking opinions from across the political spectrum. Now we're sitting down with some of those reporters, Jen Fifield, Mary Jo Pitzel, and Ryan Rendazzo. They're going to help us all make sense of what happened on Friday.
2: This is the first time in a really long time that we've all been gathered together in a room. This time, it's socially distanced, of course. Jen, the presentation on Friday started with an analysis of handwriting on mail-in envelopes and other markings from Shiva Ayadurai. Who is he, and what should people know about his findings?
4: Well, first, I'm excited to be here and see all of your faces. Uh, It's not often we get to do this. So, uh, yes. Dr. Shiva, as he was known, is a conspiracy theorist. He has a long history. He actually claimed to invent email at one point. Um, He has led the anti-vaccine movement, and he, for his work, conducts signature reviews for banks. So they brought him on. He was part of the Stop the Steal movement, along with many of the other participants in this audit, to look to see whether the ballot Envelope signatures, the ones that you fill out before you send in your mail in ballot, were blank or were uh, unreadable. What he didn't understand is the county had provided him with images of blank envelopes as part of the Senate subpoenas requesting information from the election. That caused him to claim that there were 17,000 blank signatures on the envelopes and make that seem suspicious when really those were just images of the envelope before they got the final signatures on them. So the county will send back an envelope to a voter if they don't sign it properly, and they take an image before and after. He also raised questions about the signatures that just looked like squiggles. He criticized the county for not having a squiggle category when it uh, tracks its votes, which I don't know why they would do that. Um, And he raised more questions than he answered, along with a lot of the presenters on Friday, really. He said that there should be a further investigation to everything that he was looking at.
0: And what was the response from the experts who know how The election ran to his criticisms or to his findings.
4: Maricopa County officials have said from the beginning that they didn't trust that these contractors knew what they were doing. Maricopa County also didn't provide many answers to the questions that the contractors had as they went. So, upon the release of this review, the county basically explained again what they were seeing on the envelopes, the fact that if there was a blank envelope, a lot of the envelope was redacted to not show the address, to not show the voter information. The signature could have very well been under there. I asked them if they were going to investigate any of the blank envelopes that he found, and they said if the Attorney General asked them to, they will, but not until
0: that time. After his presentation, the public heard from the person they were perhaps most curious about.
1: I'm Doug Logan, I'm the CEO of Cyber Ninjas. Um, I have done cybersecurity work for a lot of major organizations, including Bank of America and JPMorgan Chase. Uh, I've done a decent amount of work in the federal government as
0: well. And Jen, what did Doug Logan and Cyber Ninjas find?
4: Cyber Ninjas also raised lots of questions about the election. Bottom line, though, was the hand count confirmed that Joe Biden won Maricopa County's election and Mark Kelly also won the U.S. Senate race here.
1: Um, so we can say that the, the the ballots that were provided to us to count in the Coliseum um, very accurately correlate with the official campus numbers um, that, that came through.
4: But they didn't really confirm the election because they said there were too many irregularities that they found. There were too many questions they had about the numbers they saw. To summarize, the Cyber Ninjas made a lot of assumptions about how the elections work, about how the county keeps its voter file, about how certain numbers should match when they really shouldn't. They used a commercial database to show duplicate voters and dead voters when they were only searching that commercial database for birth year. So they didn't even have their full birthday in there. It was things like that that the county is now pointing out that... Sure, you're raising a lot of questions. We could have provided you answers for a lot of this.
2: So, Logan and Ben Cotton, the founder of Cypher, a Virginia-based digital security company, raised some concerns for future elections. What were those concerns and are they legitimate? Mary Jo, what what can we make of this?
3: Ben Cotton's big bottom line was that the election wasn't secure. He based a lot of that conclusion on his belief that the county's vote tabulation machines were connected to the Internet. This gets us to the ongoing dispute over routers. Maricopa County has insisted since November, since November of 2016, since from prior elections, that the tabulation machines are not connected to the Internet. That is not the protocol. Cotton didn't provide evidence but he did say that he found instances where computers were connected to the internet, to which the county says, yes, that was our election management system, not our tabulation machine systems. Those are separate things. That's a pretty damning statement um, from the contractor, something that I'm sure Attorney General Mark Brinovich will be looking at. I was also struck that For all of the suspicions that both Logan and Cotton raised, a lot of times the answer was, well, we just, we're sure there's an explanation for that, or there's there's something there, but we don't know. It became, after a while, one hand clapping. You just heard one side of the story. The county was trying to correct this or get their word out by live tweeting, but that just doesn't quite stack up to an in-person presentation before the Senate.
0: What kind of reactions did we see from election experts and political types over the weekend after this review?
4: Robert England and I spoke to many election analysts, data gurus over the weekend. And really, they're saying that the contractors had a real opportunity here to improve our elections. They had millions of dollars and months to do it. They could have looked at vulnerabilities of the voting machines. They could have taken the machines apart, done a thorough analysis, really offered a lot there. They could have uh, gotten... Information upfront about the county and how it runs its elections, the processes and procedures that it used, that was not part of the subpoena. It didn't start there, and therefore, that it, because its intentions were to try to prove fraud, um, or because they say they believe their intentions were to prove fraud, although Senate President Karen Fan says this is about improving the elections, they said they really missed that opportunity.
3: Politicians were quick to come out with all kinds of Declarations. We've got. We've had several Republicans already talking about the kind of legislation that they will be introducing. We have others saying we need to meet work immediately. We meaning the legislature needs to get to work immediately um, on these bills. Perhaps even having a special session, something that Governor Ducey has uh, indicated is not going to happen. Important to note that we're not having any elections between now and January when the legislature comes back to work. So we expect to see all kinds of bills that will deal with mail-in voting, most likely with the signature process, uh, perhaps with displaying ballots on the internet for everybody to fact check. Who knows, it will be um, a busy year with a lot of election bills. That's some of the local reaction that we expect to see play out in coming months. Yvonne and Ron, I'm curious, what do you see coming from our congressional delegation? What kind of impact will this have on the Congressional House Committee that's looking at oversight of the 2020 election?
2: Yeah, so the House Oversight Committee didn't even wait for this thing to become final before they jumped in front of it. They made clear that they want to hear from Doug Logan, the Cyber Ninja's CEO, uh, for a hearing scheduled at this point on October 7th. It's notable this is an invitation. It's not a subpoena, and it follows several attempts by the committee to get paperwork Um, sort of sketching out the donors, the processes, the thinking of the company as it was conducting this audit. Uh, And they have gotten little to uh, no response from them. The the response has largely fallen along the lines of documents that were already in the public realm. And uh, an effort to try and uh, claim this material is outside the committee's uh, uh, right to inspect. So, Um, And from the House members, uh, it's really been sort of uh, fallen along partisan lines. We've seen a lot of folks uh, on the left sort of uh, dismissing this thing as having uh, no legitimacy in the first place. We've seen from others, notably people like Paul Gosar, for example, who is among the uh, most ardent supporters of this, uh, predictable support. They see this undertaking as having been well worth it and spotlighting significant fraud that uh, raises questions that just won't go away.
0: In the meantime, our Democratic senators, Mark Kelly and Kirsten Sinema, put out statements sort of condemning efforts to undermine democracy and trying to encourage everyone to sort of move it along. In the meantime, we have other states that are trying to move along similar efforts um, from Texas to Pennsylvania, Michigan, Ron, how could the outcome of this ballot review affect efforts in other states?
2: You know, it's interesting because Texas noted that they will be beginning what they are billing as a forensic audit in four counties. Uh, they noted this on the day that the results of the Arizona ballot review were first leaked to the media. So. Uh, Undaunted by the failure to find any compelling evidence of a different result here, they are forging ahead in Texas. And Wisconsin has been on several tracks to try and uh, get at what happened in their state with a wider margin separating Trump and Biden on the line. Um, They're forging ahead regardless and in pennsylvania they've kind of stepped it up as well they are going after some uh sensitive information about their voters even though there are concerns that that information could fall into the wrong hands and once again there is a larger margin still separating the top candidates in that state as well so it doesn't appear that republicans in these other states are letting go of this issue anytime soon
0: So this review, led by Republicans and election skeptics, uh, reported essentially that Biden won by a slightly larger margin than the certified results show. Do any of you think that this will end talk of a stolen election among Trump supporters?
1: No. I mean, I, I can expand on that a little, though. You know, There are candidates in Arizona who have made this their platform, and if you go back in time to the end of last year, someone like Mark Fincham was a really inconsequential state lawmaker. He went to the Capitol on the 6th, he has you know, trumpeted about election integrity for several months now, he's built up tens of thousands of people on social media that follow him from out of state for that particular reason. Those candidates are not going to give it up. He's running for secretary of state now. He's getting attention from across the country. I don't know whether that bodes well for a campaign in Arizona, but when you go from a kind of lowly uh, rural Arizona lawmaker to national election integrity star, I don't see them giving that up anytime soon.
0: So where does this leave Senate President Karen Fan when members of her own caucus are echoing similar sentiments? Karen Phan's going to have to decide if she's going to let their bills be assigned
3: to committee and get a hearing, and how much they will be allowed to move through the process. She's also tightly associated with this ballot review. Uh, People will be asking her, reporters such as myself, as to how she feels about this legislation that's coming out as a result of the process that she started back in last December.
2: Okay, so the congressional and state-level responses are still to be seen. One place where we've seen some very tangible fallout already, though, Jen, seems to be in the Maricopa County Board of Supervisors. We've seen the resignation of Steve Chukri after leaked audio of him disparaging his fellow board members was released. Um, And we also saw a, a couple members call for the resignation of Republican Chairwoman Kelly Ward as well. How is this playing on the county board and and how is that going to affect county business?
4: Well, the county supervisors have said from the beginning that they want this to be over. They know that the election was not stolen. They want to move on with county business. Uh, Jack Sellers took the chairmanship in January and he's been wanting to work on other things since then. But it does leave a lot of turmoil on the board with this position, the question of who they might appoint to it. They're going to have to appoint a Republican, but then the voters are going to then decide not too shortly after that in 2022, who they're going to put in that seat. So a lot might come into play there as well with the Stop the Steal crowd wanting someone who represents them more than maybe Steve Shukri did, but also a lot of heat coming from both sides of of this audit saying that it wasn't legitimate and um, we shouldn't have someone in there who believes uh, what they say are lies about the election. So it's it's definitely going to play out, but the supervisors are probably gonna want to push forward on other issues.
0: And Chukri was recorded um, in a couple of conversations with some of these um, Stop the Steal movement types. He was trashing his colleagues uh, from Jack Sellers, calling him too old, saying he presumed he would resign. He called Clint Hickman an asshole. He uh, criticized Bill Gates saying that he had the, I believe it was spine of a fork, plastic fork, Why was he so um, explicit and uh, trusting in his criticism of his colleagues uh, to people? It seems as though he barely knew and at least publicly didn't seem to hold those types of viewpoints.
4: I think we saw this from a lot of politicians this year, Republican politicians this year, attempting to play to certain crowds at different points. Um, I know that you guys wrote the story about Karen Fan's emails, um, how they played to whoever she was speaking to at the time. And I truly believe that that is what we heard in those recordings. Uh, Meanwhile, the other supervisors aren't really taking this to heart. They are saying that they wouldn't really have wanted him to resign, Um, but who knows if that's really the case. I, I feel from the beginning that the board wanted a united voice on this topic, and that's still what they want despite these recordings. They don't want to make it look like They didn't have that united voice. So they're still playing up the fact that, oh yeah, he said that to us, but we know he knows the election was fair. So there's still all of that politics going on.
2: Okay, we're still fighting for records in all of this as well. Uh, Ryan, we don't have a full picture on this. Where does the legal battle in the ballot review stand at the moment? Well,
1: in short, there is still a lot to be learned about the audit and how it was conducted and who was involved. The lawsuits over this are complex. The Arizona Republic and a left-leaning watchdog group are fighting separate lawsuits to obtain emails, texts, and other documents from the audit. The Senate has dumped uh, uh, tens of thousands of mostly meaningless documents on us. But the Senate continues to fight uh, our lawsuit to keep some of the most pertinent records secret. So what we're fighting over falls into two buckets or categories. One are documents from the senators to one another and to people like Doug Logan, which the Senate says should not be turned over because they're somehow protected from the state records laws. And the other bucket are documents from the Cyber Ninjas, which the company has not turned over even though the judges in both lawsuits have said that they are public records. Um, they're public because the Ninjas were contractors working on behalf of the public officials in the Senate. So regarding that first batch, the documents from the Senate, the Republic's lawyer last week successfully convinced a judge to order the Senate to release just a handful of those documents. Um, They were released late Friday and we learned some interesting things. We learned, for example, that Ken Bennett, the liaison for the Senate, turned over the Twitter account to people from Patrick Burns' The America Project who were down at the Coliseum uh, volunteering. And so some of the really nasty tweets that, that came out of that Twitter account were from Patrick Burns' folks. And interestingly, those people brought on former state lawmaker Steve Montenegro uh, to help give them an Arizona perspective. And I'm sure everyone here remembers Steve Montenegro. He ran for Congress and had to confess to sending flirty texts with a junior staffer while the married man was practicing as a Christian minister. So the mean texts about dead people's pets and their dead pets and, and things came, came from him. Um, also, in this small batch of documents, we learned that Karen Fan nearly hired Phil Waldron. Uh, to conduct the audit. As a matter of fact, this, the Senate drafted a press release announcing his hiring. And then, of course, they didn't hire him. The, the communications show they thought he was too controversial. And um, that's how they came up with Doug Logan. So considering there are still tens of thousands of documents remaining that we're fighting over, and that's what we learn just when we get a few dozen at a time, I think there's a lot to, to come out still about the operations there.
0: Do we think that those records include correspondence about why President Fan chose Cyber Ninjas in the end?
1: Yes, and we've seen a little hinting at that. That's a question that we asked throughout um, this process, like how did you come up with these folks? Uh, We know that different names were mentioned to her, but some of the texts uh, that we got show she was really in pretty frequent communication with Phil Waldron, he had sent all these resumes for his uh, group, and um, at the same time, uh, Jovan Pulitzer was going on YouTube and saying why he should be hired, and hundreds and hundreds of people were pressuring the senators, sending them emails in. But what we have in these documents is almost like a random sampling. It's, it's again, very many meaningless communications that they decided to turn over, even though that's not what we wanted. And then there are some communications among senators that we have continued to press for and we've gotten some of what we asked for. And every time we get new documents, we get a little bit closer to how this decision was made. I know, for example, that Senator Fan actually asked Mr. Waldron what she thought of Doug Logan before they announced that they would hire the Cyber Ninjas. So we've seen a little bit of what went on behind that decision-making.
2: What kind of fallout are we going to see for some of the major players in this ballot review uh, from Karen Fan to Doug Logan and and Cyber Ninjas? Uh, Any predictions here?
3: I suspect Karen Fan might have some rocky relations with her caucus, Um, not to mention pushback from energized Democrats that are in the Senate as well. Again, it's a very closely divided state Senate with just a one vote margin. So that could make a, a difference. Plus, one of the new Democratic senators, Raquel Tehran, is the chairman of the state Democratic Party. I don't think she's going to be quiet.
4: And I don't think that Doug Logan, CEO of Cyber Ninjas, is going away anytime soon. He has proven in uh, to his base that he can at least raise questions about the election, which might be all they need to introduce laws in other states. He said in his presentation and other present- presenters said, this shows that we need better audits in all the states. We need to do this every year in Arizona. He's setting up more business for himself. And uh, you know he was, uh, in one of the correspondence I found that I haven't really written about, he uh, applied to work in April in another state. So he's already thinking about his future right before he started on this audit.
0: Model
3: auditing, so to speak. Audit liaison Ken Bennett was very glowing in his approval of Doug Logan's work. In fact, as he finished, Ken Bennett, a former Arizona secretary of state, as he finished his presentation Friday, he said that, you know, Doug Logan has probably given the nation the best possible way to hand count an election, It sure sounded like an outright endorsement if Doug Logan were a movie. This would be one of those little blips that you put in the ad that say, must see. (laughs) It sounds like a marketing pitch.
0: So the review is officially over although legislative committee work will continue on this, it sounds like. Does it feel to you guys that the 2020 election is sort of behind us? Can we all sort of move on yet? Or do you see the 10 a.m. meetings continuing?
3: I see our 10 a.m. meetings continuing. I think it will be hard for people to put this behind them. And, And for journalists, we should not. There are so many unanswered questions still. I mean, as Ryan mentioned, what we have yet to fine from public records. And that is a battle that as journalists, we need to fight, uh, not to mention what we might learn from those documents. In addition to legislative hearings, we've got the Attorney General, a U.S. Senate candidate, by the way, who has been handed these three volumes of Cyber Ninja reports and other uh, other contractor reports to go through for investigations. We're going to see What kind of, I guess I will ask, what kind of investigations will we see coming out of that? We still have to get the router question answered. That's going to be overseen by a special master, former Congressman John Shattig. He told me over the weekend that he hopes to start working on that in earnest, but does not have a time frame for when that will be wrapped up. There are so many questions that are still hanging out there.
4: And just to add on that, even if we do put the 2020 election behind us, there's many facets of this audit that are going to come up in this county. For example, our use of Dominion here, the voting system machine that was accused of being connected to Venezuela and rigging all the votes. And Dominion has filed several lawsuits alleging defamation against people that are making these claims against them. So we're going to have the question of whether we can continue to use Dominion machines here in the county or if there's been too many questions raised about this company. We're going to see
0: a lot of fallout such as that in coming years. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming on. Jen, if people want to find you, where can they reach you on Twitter? I'm at Jen A. Fifield. Ryan?
1: I'm at Utility Reporter.
0: Mary Joe. At Mary J. Pitzel, P-I-T-Z-L.
2: Listeners, be sure to follow their reporting by going to azcentral.com and clicking local.
0: That's it for today, Gaggle listeners. Be sure to follow all of their reporting on azcentral.com and clicking on local. While we still have you, please don't forget to rate and review our show and share it with a friend. If you want to reach out to me on Twitter, I'm at Yvonne Winget.
2: And I'm at Ronald J. Hansen, and that's H-A-N-S-E-N. Today's episode was edited and produced by Maritza Dominguez. Thanks so much for listening to The Gaggle, a podcast from the Arizona Republic and azcentral.com.